BHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic, from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been around my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who Who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously, is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. Don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. Our special guests this week on KB Cabaret are Greg D'Angelo and Mike Burrell, who bring us four tracks from their project Thoughts as Devices. KB Cabaret is brought to you this week. By Siesta Vista Mattresses. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. And now KB Cabaret presents Advice with Granny Ada, Parlor City's cherished advice columnist. Dear Granny Ada, Last year I came out and told my family I am transgender. In other words, I am a man born in a woman's body. Thankfully, my family is progressive and... They're pretty cool with that. Frankly, I have a problem with my own feelings. I don't know what to think. Sexually, I'm attracted to men. So if I'm a transgender, does that make me gay? Or since my body is a woman, does that make me straight? I don't care for women, but am I bisexual because of who I am? The whole idea is frustrating. All I know is I feel like a man want to hang out with men, and look like a woman. My family says I need therapy, not an operation. What do you think, Granietta? Lost in my body and mind. Dear Lost, how delightful. You look like a woman, feel like a man, and are only attracted to men. Hmm, yes, definitely mixed up emotionally. And no matter what my thoughts are, the best way to handle this is finding a good transgender therapist. 
There are many listed just under this title. I am no expert, dear, but to me you are emotionally mixed up. You have given yourself an inner role and feel it does not connect with your physical role, yet you like men. Maybe you are just a masculine woman. We had many of those in my day. Yet they had good marriages and, well, wore pants. Think uh, Catherine Hepburn and Lauren McCall. But I am old-fashioned, and this is just an opinion. Either way, appreciate the being you are and embrace your reality. If you can make soup out of stones, you can be whoever you want to be and love whoever you want to love. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. Right here, Beulah. I'm doing my show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Parlor City's chef extraordinaire, Beulah Deschamps. Oh, my, how sweet. I did miss you and your lovely audience while I was away in my little sabbatical. Colorado Springs is beautiful. Beautiful, yes. Nature so strong and powerful, yet so peaceful and serene. It made me see my life in such a different way. I'm so glad for you. Yes, dear. And I made a decision while I was there. And I wish to announce right here on your show. I'm flattered, Beulah, but are you ready to make such an announcement in front of so many people? Maybe you should wait a little. No, dear. It is time. Well, then go ahead. Leon and I... Are separating. Beulah. It was a mutual decision. A new year and a new way of thinking. I have to admit it takes a strong person to make such a brave decision. Why, thank you, dear. Oh, now let's not get all teary-eyed and let's move on, dear. I have brought over another one of my specialties to share with you and your fine audience. Now you will need some sort of ice cream maker at home to prepare this delight. I want you to close your eyes and taste. Mmm. Mmm. It's nice and cool. Icy, really. I... <coughs> oh, my gosh. This is strong. <coughs> <laughs> well, dear, you weren't expecting this, but the girls and I created this while we were in the sanatorium. It is called Pear Sake Sorbet. <laughs> you and the girls... <laughs> Trying to hide the libations, huh? How did you guess, sweetie? When one is on a sabbatical trying to find answers to life, what is better than to have a little cocktail mixed into the mix? <laughs> so we stashed our stash in drinkables and edibles. A win-win, I would say. I brought the ingredients here so we can make it here. It is so simple. You need about five pears, sugar, and sake. Someone told me to put water 
in with the chunks of prepared pears along with sugar and just boil down until you have a thick syrup. But then I said, why? Sake is fermented rice in water, for goodness sake. Why add more water and ruin a good thing? That's why it's so strong. Did you know that sake is usually associated with the Japanese cultural and religious ceremonies for over 2,000 years? But sake was associated with the Chinese 2,000 years before. At least that's what the history books say. So let's toast our friendship by drinking a little of this wonderful brew. Tradition dictates that friends pour one another their drink. It is not good manners to pour for yourself. So I brought two masu cups. Huh, these are these are two huge boxes. Well, traditionally you can put glasses inside the masu, but I prefer it this way with a saucer underneath. Just pour, dear. Dear, you're not pouring for yourself. Keep going. That's a healthy serving. Now I'll pour for you. Just a drop, Beulah. You, you know I don't like drinking on the show. Uh, Beulah, stop. That's way too much. Don't worry, dear. Drink what you want and I'll finish the rest. Waste not, want not. Here's to our good friendship, dear. Strong, but nice. Mmm. Mmm. Ah. Oh. Mmm. I thought this had to be served warmed. No, dear, it can be served cold, room temperature, hot or warm. However, this is high-grade sake, and it must not be heated. Why? Heating would tamper with its aroma and flavor. Pour me another, dear. I must be thirsty. Beulah, I think maybe... Dear, don't worry about me. I am free, 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 and thirsty for new beginnings. Pour me another. <laughs> mm. Thank you, dear. Oh, you've hardly touched yours. The show, Beulah, I have to do the show. Oh, well, here's to getting rid of a louse and moving on with life. Well, that's one thing in the right direction. Well, at the sanatorium, we weren't encouraged to speak on the phone, but I called up Leon to tell him how I feel. And you know what he said? No, Beulah. He said, honey, I can't talk right now. I'm busy doing things. I'm pouring my heart out to the man, and, and that's what he said. Beulah, I... <laughs> Beulah, I thought we had to pour for each other. Well, traditions also says never leave a bot bottle of sake undrunken. <laughs> so here's to you. <laughs> Have some sorbet. And she's out. Boys, you know what to do. Some things haven't changed. Well, folks, to be fair, I shall post Beulah's recipe for the pear sake sorbet on our website. I would suggest boiling down the pear with water first, not sake, but that's just me. Anyway, look for it under Beulah's Recipe Bar on our website, kbcabaret.com. That's k-b-k-a-b-a-r-e-t dot c-o-m.
I'm very happy to have our two guests on our show today, two out of three band members from the band called Thoughts as Devices. We'd like to welcome Mike Burrell and Greg D'Angelo to our show. Phil McGovern, the third band member, had to, well, he has to support these two guys. So tell me a little bit about the background. How did you get together? What is the story behind Thoughts as Devices? We weren't like nonstop together. Like Greg would be in several projects, I'd be in several projects, and when we had time, we would get together. Then one day we decide, oh, you want to do this more regularly? Which I can't even remember when that was. Yeah, I can't remember when that was. You play the drums. Mike, you play? I play uh, the dry guitar. The dry guitar. Which is a regular guitar with no effects, except I have an octave pedal that makes it sound like bass. But I don't do too many effects usually. And Phil plays the wet guitar or just lead guitar. What genre do you use in your band? I mean, if you had a class classified under one specific category, it would be alternative. But if you're talking about what our influences are, it's a bunch. I learned how to play drums from Queen. So uh, I think it was Roger Taylor. So he was yeah. my first influence. Then I moved to the Dave Matthews Band. And then Carter Buford was my main influence. And then a few years later, Buddy Rich. So I, I like jazz a lot. I also like the independent drummers like Dennis Chambers, Jojo Mayer. So kind of like funk. And then you have some drum and bass there. So I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, my influences back when I was young in Long Island, uh, when I was a toddler up to, you know, seven or eight, my mother listened to Motown. She may have had a, a lot of R&B and Soul Train sort of things, but also maybe a couple Beatles records, uh, uh, Elvis Presley and a few other things and a lot of gospel. And then when I got to Vestal and started hearing FM radio up here in Binghamton, New York, which oddly enough, is sometimes very similar to the way it was way back when, but that's a different topic. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, I was very into Paul McCartney and Wings and Stevie Wonder, Prince, Michael Jackson, the Beatles. And then when I became a teenager, I started getting into alternative music and rock, like, you know, some Pink Floyd, Echo and the Bunnymen, Kate Bush, The Cure, R.E.M., stuff like that. And then as I got even older, instead of just growing old gracefully, I started getting into electronica and drum and bass and, you know, uh, dubstep, all sorts of stuff as, as you get going, just to keep fresh and not sound old and dry and boring. The first song that we're going to be hearing is called Personality D. I love the title of this, Personality D. Tell me a little background about it. What made you write this song? Well, that's kind of like a power pop influence song, like one melodically that might be influenced by Paul McCartney and Wings, Jellyfish, or Weezer, or those sort of bands that have interesting, the craze, they have interesting ways of putting uh, melody together. The Beatles did it kind of, where it was kind of happy and sad and weird mixed together, I guess, for the time. But it was it's a song based on not the disorder personality D, but 
like a question, which personality are gonna are you gonna use today? And and I have some friends that have gone through uh, depression or self doubt and things like that. And sometimes when you hang out with them alone, they're really strong and assertive and really funny. And then when they're around other people or have a challenge before them, they tend to kind of duck back and and kind of give up. So the song's kind of based on being into that aspect of the personality of the person that's strongest and at the same time the other meaning is is it's weird being in relationships with people you barely know but you have no choice but to go into these relationships you're kind of dragged into them as our video shows on youtube for the song you kind of get dragged into these relationships that you're not sure about but you have no choice but to go into them and so a lyric from the song says i don't know why i trust you but somehow you understand me. It's a combination of those friends talking to us that we're trying to support and a combination of that with us not being so sure of all the weird relationships around us, but you're human and you need them. So it just depends on what personality is going to be used, the public one or the home one. And that's what that song's about, a rock power pop sort of song.
is the first historic high school football game since the local noise ordinance went into effect. That's right, Rhonda. It's the Cyber Pit Bulls from Cyber High facing off against the Tiger Cats from Elmer High. Don't get too excited, Kenny. Remember the noise ordinance. Oh, sorry, Rhonda. High school football gets me all hot and bothered. Here's the starting backfield for the Cyber High offense. Running backs number 20, Sam Shupa. 28, Doug Borellis. 32, Ray Finnegan. And the quarterback, 22, Jimmy Wood. Oh, there he is. Number 22, Jimmy! Jimmy, we love you! What? That was too loud? I wasn't so loud. Was I that loud? I don't think so, but obviously they did. Who are they? The neighborhood noise watch? Shh. Can't trust anyone these days. And starting for Elmer High's Tiger Cats defense, Sidney Kilmer, number 29. Boo! Wow, they're killing me over here. Yeah, I know, but we're just going to have to get used to it. Hope they don't think my new orange blazer is too loud. Well, that's you, honey. Louder than life. I'm going to have to ask you two to keep it down. I'm trying to hear the game. The Neighborhood Noise Watch has a no-tolerance policy on breaking of the noise ordinance. Wood sacked by J.J. Beaver and a host of cats. Second down and 11 for the pit bulls. Finnegan wide to the right, and Wood tosses it to him. There he goes, there he goes, and touchdown! The referee is signaling that's an incomplete pass. No way! That was a backward pass by five yards. Rhonda, what is a backwards pass? How should I know? I'm a golf announcer. We got screwed! We got screwed! Kill the ref! Honey, honey, keep it down! Great. Now the neighborhood noise watch man is coming back this way. That's it, lady. You were warned. Put your hands behind your back while I install this neighborhood noise watch gag. Rhonda, there appears to be a disturbance in the stands. Must be the neighborhood noise watch has found its first perpetrator. Serves her right. How could anybody enjoy a football game with all this noise? Well, honey, you sure messed up. We'll probably have to pay a fine and your name will be in the paper. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh, excuse me, sir. Any chance I could get a few of those gags from you? The following song that we're going to be hearing is called Back When We Were Sane. Tell me a little bit about the influence of, of this. Um, you wrote this, Mike, and along with Greg D'Angelo. Give me a little background of the song. Well, it started off as an improvisation of uh, when uh, Greg and me were in the studio at uh, Basement Audio with Dave Rice years ago. And I just had a couple of little tiny riff ideas, but was more based on the rhythm, not really melodically. And Greg and me kind of pieced these little bits together, like here's riff one, here's what this sounds like, here's another riff, okay, you want to try it? And then we ended up doing a seven or eight or nine minute improvisation at the pace of that song. And... It was kind of based on influences like a band from Atlanta called Snowden, kind of based on Andy Summers from The Police and uh, David Bowie vocally and a few other things that we were into. But that's what ended up, it ended up being. But we ended up doing improvisation and editing together this little small bit 
four minute song out of the seven, eight, nine minutes of improvisation. And it's a song about, you know, when you're, you have a good relationship with somebody and then it, it, it's kind of starting to sour, but you've known each other so long and you're not sure whether to go back to the old days where you really weren't even sure if you were sane and that's why the two of you together or should you just move on and go on to something else that could be politically socially love relationship wise whatever have you so i kind of came up with it myself on the on the lyrics but the lyrics either existed in pieces and parts without me knowing that we were going to do that in the studio slash after we did that i finished up the lyrics and added to them and edited them so that they fit what me and greg put in the studio so the lyrics and the song were completely separate of each other at the time i think i was going through some pretty rough relationship stuff it was kind of like you know a part of me that i i didn't kind of want to put out there but it kind of after a while kind of felt right to do mm-hmm. to kind of help me come to terms with some some things it's so it, it in a way it was kind of therapeutic I'm standing right behind you demanding what's inside you what's the
Hand sleep, tossing and turning, tried everything from pills to warm milk. We at the Acme Sleep Institute have the solution for you. Siesta Vista, the patented mattress that counts your sheep and sings you to sleep. Here are some testimonials from some of our customers. Siesta Vista is a miracle saver. I don't have to think about what sheep I left off at. I just can be lulled into a deep, deep sleep. I haven't slept this good since my dear old ma used to rock me in her arms. I love you, Siesta Vista. Yes, Siesta Vista. Sleep your deepest sleep. The patented mattress that counts your sheep and sings you to sleep. When we last left them, the Brass Astros were on the verge of thinking about meeting to talk about the possibility of maybe getting the band back together. Will Corey, Danny, and Zeke be able to let bygones be bygones and find that lost musical passion again? Would you go see them on an oldies reunion tour? Join us as we try to answer those questions on this week's episode of the Brass Astros. Okay, guys, I've been doing some checking, and you have some issues you have to sort out before you can reunite. Right. Here's an issue to sort out. I hate those two guys, and if I never play with them again, it won't be too late. You mean it will be too soon, right, Dan? Yeah, what you said. You think you're the only one with issues, Corey? I have a great solo career going. Why why would I want to ruin that by getting back together with you two losers? You haven't had a hit in 20 years. And that was a single called Danny's Fanny's Greatest Hits. Hey, that, that is one more solo hit than you've had. Zeke, you are always the peacekeeper for these two. What do you think? I think I have my own issues. I sold my drums and haven't played since we broke up. Sold your drums? What for? Um, money. What do you think? I don't get any royalties like you weasels do. Speaking of money, there is something you need to deal with before you can record or tour. Your former bass player, Buddy. Buddy? I thought he was dead. Of course he's dead, you idiot. Drugs, OD, tour bus, remember? Well, no, I don't remember. I wasn't there, remember? Yes, you were. You were in a seat right behind him with some groupie, remember? Buddy was my buddy. I still talk to him at night sometimes. Oh, man, you're still a stoner, aren't you? What does Buddy have to say to you these days? He says being dead is a lot like being high. Here's something else he might be saying. He and his estate are still entitled to 25% of any income you make. What are you talking about, Gracie? The guy's dead. He doesn't need any money. You all signed a contract when you first got together, and you agreed to divide all recording and touring income equally in perpetuity. Perpetuity? I thought that was a place in California. Why should a dead guy get any of our money? I haven't got any money lately, and I'm still alive. Just barely. Buddy's widow, Moonbeam, is entitled to his share, and you'll have to buy her out of her part of the contract before you can reunite. Moonbeam? You mean that conniving, loudmouth, flower-child witch with the sundresses and a dandruff? What did he ever see in her? I'll ask him the next time I talk to him. We have to buy her out? Yes, so get used to it. I'm still getting used to the fact that you're going out with a skunk like Danny. 
I thought I raised you better than that. There's worse skunks than me around. Cut it out, guys. Moonbeam is coming over here in a few minutes to talk about a settlement. So be on your best behavior, whatever that is. She's coming here? Now? <laughs> Better break out the incense and peppermint. I can still hear those finger symbols she played on her last album. It's like a nightmare. That's no nightmare. It's real. Um, greeting, children of the sun. I have come from the ashram to soothe your ancient feelings of hostility. Unlock the gates of your despair and embrace the sweet fragrance of peace. Peace? What a piece of work. Dad. Danny. Did your generation really act like that? Let's cut to the chase, Moonbeam. How much do you want? Mm, the toxic fruits of greed are no interest to me. How can they compare to internal contentment? A dance in the moonlight or a dozen unicorns riding over the rainbows to the horizon? I'll take $50,000. $50,000? Are you nuts? Who has that kind of money? You do. Yeah, but I'm not giving it to this aging hippie. Let me talk to her. Moonbeam, may I have a minute, please? Over here. What is a moment when we have an eternity to ride the waves of time in memorial? Yeah, whatever. I have a message for you from Buddy. Buddy? You've spoken with Buddy? Have you been in a B-in? What? No, he just comes to talk to me once in a while, usually after a few joints. That scumbag, he never talked to me, no matter how drugged up he was. Buddy says he wants you to settle for 5% of all future earnings with no upfront payment. And some dandruff shampoo. Buddy said that? Oh, he must have found true wisdom in a spiritual being. I'll follow his advice. Now I must get back to the ashram. It's time to sprinkle marmalade-infused water on the opium garden. Okay, guys, we're all set. I talked her down to 5%. In perpetuity. We're playing in perpetuity again? How did you get her to agree to that? Well, actually, Buddy did most of the talking. Good job. Now I remember that you weren't such a worthless snake after all. It was Danny who was a worthless snake. Still am. Come on, you snakes. It's time for the Brass Astros to make some music. I like this next song called Make Things Inevitable. This was written by all three of you, actually, uh, Mike, Phil, and Greg. Tell me a little bit about what made you motivated to write Make Things Inevitable. 
it's almost like it's trying to provoke and evoke and get people to move forward and do something that they want to do at the same time that it's talking about things that we and ourselves have always wanted to do that we've decided not to do or we slowed down on or we haven't pushed for whatever reason and it's kind of like a call to make things inevitable and it, it could be like again it could be socially it could be personal it could be political and like in politics today you have a lot of people pretending they're, you know, I'm a Christian, though, whether or not people know, you know, uh, that's to be seen. But, you know, I don't necessarily have songs that uh, show that I'm a Christian, but you have a lot of people who are politicians that go out there and say that they're Christians and talk about Jesus and they're evangelists, but then they'll make up lies about their political opponents. And it, it's like a phony innocence. And that's kind of how the song starts. It says phony innocence isn't heaven sent. And at the same time, it says no one wants to be questioned for their deeds. And it's kind of like that same thing where everyone is trying to wonder who's how Muslim, how Christian, how do you love me this much? Are you really this loyal? Are you a friend? Are you this, that, and the other? So you got to do your own thing and pull yourself up and help pull up other people that want to be pulled when you're pulling.
Okay, is this on? Okay. Hi, this is Mitch the Poodle, and this is my commentary. The world the way I see it. When I go outside, I think to myself, what's that all about? I mean, why is it that we poodles and other dogs have to go outside to do our business? I mean, it's pouring rain, it's snowing, it's freaking lightning and thundering outside, and I still get the out. Why is it that as humans, you get to soil on the inside, as long as you go to the designated room with the flusher thingy? No dealing with the elements, staying dry, not getting scared from the loud freaking noises above? Even cats get to go inside some sort of sandy things that I would never step in because I think that's pretty gross. You know how crummy that feels in between the toes? You. Regardless, they get to go all bonsai and make a smelly discard inside the house. That's so unfair. My suggestion is to have a nice grassy area down below, you know, where you have the concrete floor and all those big noisy machines. Just clean up afterwards. You already do when you take us for a walk. I mean, what's the difference, right? That is the logical solution. So let's get going, humans. Please, thank you. One more thing I don't understand. I don't understand why we have to fetch. I hear, go girl, fetch, and I say, why? Can't you see I'm perfectly comfortable in this lovely furry throw you brought me for Christmas? Oh, excuse me, I'm on neighborhood watch. Can't you see I'm looking out the window guarding our house and the other homes on the block? I will fetch my own toy in my own time thank you very much in the meantime build me the downstairs grassland please love you well that's the world as i see it this is mitch the poodle until next time may you have a nose licking and tail wagging kind of day mitch <laughs>Our final song selection for the band Thoughts as Devices is called Someone's Going Down. Great title. Want to hear a little bit more about it. Before we do, I just want to thank all of you for being on our show. Um, Mike, what motivated you to write Someone's Going Down? It's like about these love relationships in which two people... They can't live apart, but they're finding it so hard to live together, together, but they just can't live apart, but they just can't live together. So it's about uh, one person wants to go one way in the morning and the other person wants to go the other way. And then they start getting on each other and you want to find out which one's going to win, who's going down, almost like a fight. Mm -hmm. And it even makes a... a, a, a a comment about a, there's a lyric that refers to like remember how they have like Siamese twins and people can join twins and 
a parent would have to make a tough choice if they have to pick one or the other. And I was making that sort of parallel in a love relationship too. someone's going down, who's going down, which one, which one's going to give up, who's going to lose adrenaline, who's going to get the adrenaline, whatever have you. So it's one of those push pull songs again. Again, thank you for being on our show today, Mike, Greg, and say hi to Phil for us. We will have their website linked onto the podcast notes for you to review and find them on Facebook, the cloud, and iTunes. Our YouTube channel would be youtube.com slash thoughts as devices. Same thing with soundcloud.com thoughts as devices, facebook.com slash thoughts as devices. Thanks again for being on our show, guys. Let's hear the song. Someone's going 
That's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. Starring Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, Bree Harvey. Original skits by Bree Harvey, Kate and Bill Murray, Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, John Carey, and John Montgomery. Original music by Bree Harvey. Musical arrangements by Christina Donella. Our sound engineer is Charles Berman, assistant sound engineer Valentine Terrell Monfriuga. We had a grand old time here at Parlor City with our friends here and where you are. Next week, we will start our communicating all over again with crazy antics, short stories, skits, songs, and if we get Beulah up, her recipes. Please visit our website at kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com to find her recipes, our sponsors, and contest entry rules for poetry and short stories. Why should we be the only ones who write? That's right. We want to hear from you and your talented ways. When we choose the pieces you have written, read it on air as well as print it on our website. The hardworking, fun-loving folks here at Parlor City say there are no goodbyes, only farewells. And above all, come and visit next week, same time, same station, at KB Cabaret. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. Love to have you and share our policy. Come back again now to KB Cabaret.